1: Welcome to The Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, The Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
2: Welcome to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Joe Fairless. Uh, He is the principal at Fairless Investing. He has a podcast called The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever, and you can find out more about him at his website, joefairless.com. Welcome to The Money Answer Show, Joe. Thanks a lot, Jordan. Appreciate it, and looking forward to our conversation. You've had an interesting background, so just start off a little bit with how you got into uh, real estate, and we're going to get into some details of it, but just give me a brief bio of of kind of how you got to where you are now.
3: Yeah, sure. So, brief bio is I graduated from Texas Tech University in 2005, moved from Lubbock, Texas, which is uh, cows and cotton, to New York City, which is (laughs) the opposite of cows and cotton. Lots of concrete and skyscrapers and no sun, uh, and no cows, um, unless they're being served to you, and I worked in advertising in 2005 um, through 2000. I don't know, like eight years later. Um, and what I was doing is I was uh, ended up being the youngest vice president of a New York City advertising agency. Um, along the way, though, I went from you know making less than minimum wage uh, as a junior project manager. Uh, to making six figures as the youngest VP um, of an agency. And so I need to learn how to invest my money. I, I, had, I didn't have a uh, an education on it at that time, even though I should have, but I didn't. So I started learning how to invest in real estate by just simply reading books. Um, I actually read Investing for Dummies first, and that talks about the three different ways to invest uh, in general, stocks, bonds, LLCs, and real estate. And then after I uh, read the real estate section, I gravitated towards it and then read more and more books on real estate. One of them was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, among many others. Uh, I, at that point, decided that I wanted to invest in real estate, but I still do not have any money. <laughs> so yes. I saved up more money. And then in 2009, I bought my first house in Dallas-Fort Worth, even though I was living in New York City, um, and continued to buy homes in Dallas-Fort Worth until I decided that buying one home at a time just wasn't going to reach my financial goals as quickly as I wanted to. So I learned how to raise money from investors, buy apartment communities together, and then share in the profits. And that's what I do now.
2: So the homes you're buying were single-family homes, and you're buying them for rental income? Is that right? Yeah, buy and hold. Okay. Um, So why did you pick real estate over stocks and bonds and mutual funds and other kinds of things? Control. Uh,
3: I, I, I wanted to have control over what, how I was operating my business um, as well as the tax benefits that come with investing in real estate. Um, I'd say those, those are the two factors. That and it just was more familiar to me. You know, I, I lived in an apartment when I was growing up. I also lived in a house when I was growing up. My dad was a real estate broker in Michigan um, many years back. And it was just something that once I read um, more and more about it, my brain just uh, clicked with that more so than any other type of investment.
2: So other than control, what are the main advantages to investing in real estate? I mean, people think of it as illiquid. If the market goes down, you can't get out, you know, it can have... big periods of down as well as up as we had like after 2008, 2009. Um, you can go up too. There's leverage involved, which could be good for you or bad for you. W- what are the reasons why real estate, after you've read so much, is so attractive as a place for you to invest? Well, I'd, I'd say
3: the first thing jumps out are tax advantages. Um, you know, if you've got a apartment community, um, then it's depre- – well, any if you got any type of uh, asset – in real estate that's brick and mortar, um, it's going to depreciate on paper, even though it's going to, well hopefully, will appreciate in reality. So you very well could be receiving payments from the cash flow from the property on a regular basis throughout the year, but then at the end of the year, the depreciation could exceed the cash payments that you receive on a regular basis, um, therefore, at the end of the year, you could show a loss. Now, the government will uh, eventually get that ta- get those tax dollars back from you when you sell. However, if you do a ten thirty one exchange, then you can defer those taxes to um, you know the the next transaction. Then, um, from what I know, and I'm not an accountant, but from what I what I've heard, um, you can depre- you can do ten thirty one exchanges. Um, and even if you pa- when you pass away, if you have those properties under 1031, your heirs won't have to pay a tax on them as long as it's under $13 million. And again, I, I, the, tax, the tax thing is uh, when we get into the nitty gritty details, I'm, I'm not an expert, but from a conceptual standpoint, that's one of the main reasons I like real estate because of taxes, tax benefits.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. As far as doing individual homes versus multi-family apartment complexes, what are the pros and cons of each of those for an investor who wants to get into real estate? Yeah, well, it's it's
3: two different types of of businesses, and I think that's one important point to uh under underscore for both. It is a business when we invest in real estate. We're real estate entrepreneurs. Um pros and cons, the the pros for single-family homes would be uh, that it it gets you in the door as a real estate investor uh, your numbers are likely lower so your costs will be lower if somebody moves out then um, you're able you know you you're going to pay uh, you're gonna to have to cover the mortgage over the period of time where you don't have a, a resident but you're also not vacating. Uh, many many residents aren't vacating at the same time where in an apartment community that's possible, um, not likely if you're managing it properly, but it's possible. So basically, it's a it's a smaller scale, um, and there's a lot of of people who are doing it, which is a pro and con. So that you have a lot of different resources to um, choose from, um, and when I say resources, I mean a lot of books a lot of, of podcasts, a lot of radio shows, a lot of, of uh, professionals in markets who can help you, um, and, and you're able to get going faster. Whereas the benefits of commercial and apartments in particular, well, you make more money per transac- transaction, or you could. You have the potential to make more money per transaction. Um, you're also buying a lot of, quote-unquote, homes at once which ties into the make more you could make more money per transaction at the same time you have economies of scale with the the expenses of an apartment community because you're uh, you're you're using w- perhaps one person to oversee multiple apartments and that's gonna allow you to as as you continue to grow that's gonna allow you to get more units um, and uh keep the same person up until a certain point, and then you have to continue to hire, but you still get the economies of scale. Um,
2: so there's the, a leverage factor, in fact. There's more leverage in an apartment building than an individual home, is what you're saying.
3: Uh, from a, an
2: expense, stamps, expense o- standpoint. Operational yeah. leverage. Not yeah. yet, but leverage is correct. Yeah. Now, they always say that when you make money in real estate, it's when you buy it, not when you sell it, ultimately. You have to buy it right. What is your strategy to buy real estate, whether it be an individual home or a multi-family apartment building to make sure you get the best price yeah I uh,
3: well I I don't know if I agree with that statement you make money when you buy um, I I think you make money when you operate it well um, but you certainly have to buy the right way but I think the money is made in the management of it and executing the business model now as far as um, and we can we can talk about that uh, but as far as to, to directly answer your question um, how do you buy right? Well, you just gotta you, you got to know how to evaluate. And if we're talking, um, if we're talking an apartment building, then we've got to know something you know some really simple things. And then there are multiple layers underneath. Uh, one, we got to know the income. Two, the expenses. And then three, the debt service for the market. Those those are the the main factors that we've got to take into account. Um, and ultimately with apartments, and this is one piece of... of, of uh, this was a learning curve that I had going from single-family homes to 168-unit apartment community. And that is that with apartments, you've really got to know what your business model is. What is your strategy for buying the apartment community? Because we can think we're buying something right and buying it cheap with an apartment community. But if we don't have the right business model and we don't execute that business model, then we're just throwing money away. So the, the key is just to simply be knowledgeable about what each of those factors are, know what your buying criteria are, and then
2: execute on the plan that you've predetermined. Now this is something you teach people, right? You have something called the Joe Fairless Cash Flow Club. Is this something that you're teaching people as how to operate these buildings and buy them right and do the management strategy you were just talking about? I
3: do, yeah. I I have a private consulting group with um, clients who are learning as well as doing um, the buying apartment communities and raising money from investors and sharing in the profit. So uh, my only focus from a a real estate standpoint is they call it multifamily syndication, um, which, again, is what I, what I mentioned, um, raising money from investors and buying apartment communities together and sharing the profits. And that's, I have a, a group of about 25 clients that are actively doing that with me.
2: So you're doing the buying and the management. They are basically invest, passive investors, or are they involved in the management as well?
3: Uh, so in that consulting group that you brought up and, and that I, w- I was mentioning, that is people who are also raising money and buying apartment communities. Separately, I have investors who invest in my deals. So I'm teaching people how to put the deals together. And then separately, I am um, working with or I have investors who invest in the deals that I, I bring to them.
2: And what is the minimum for people to invest in the deals that you bring?
3: It depends on the deal. Um, but how I, I can tell you, you know, most recent deal um, that I did that I closed on. I'm actually doing one now, but I, I, you know, can't publicly solicit, and I want to, you know, stay yeah. on the up and up. So I'll talk about one I closed on. Um, that's a 250 unit in Houston last August, and the minimum for that
2: was $25,000. And what kind of return are people getting? They're like earning a current yield, and they're doing it for appreciation over what time period? Are they expect to hold it for three years, five yeah. years? What would be the expected hold for something like that? Three to five
3: years. Yeah, three to five years. And the, uh, for that one, um, the investors receive an 8% preferred return. And then there's a couple performance hurdles. Um, the Proforma has, uh, is, is anticipating them to make 20% internal rate of return over
2: the course of five years. Okay, very good. Uh, and people can find out more about this, I assume, at your website, which is joefairless.com. Is that correct? You are correct. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Joe Fairless. His website is joefairless.com. He also does a a podcast called The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever. He also has something called the Joe Fairless Cash Flow Club. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Joe Fairless. He's a real estate investor, a podcaster. His podcast is called The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever. And you can find out more about him at his website, joefairless.com. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Thanks a lot, Jordan. So you were at this ad agency in New York, several ad agencies. What did you learn about creating a brand when you're at this ad agency and how can that apply to making your real estate business successful? Well, I'd say the,
3: the the number one thing you want to do when you're creating your a, a brand is simply be authentic to who you are and what you want the business to be and what you believe. Because when we when we're authentic with what we believe and why we believe it, and we want to stand on the mountain and yell it out and have everybody hear it because of those, you know the reasons why we believe it, we're going to do well. We're going to do incredibly well. Then you just have to get into the tactics of how do you get that message out to the right audience at the right time, um, and at what frequency. Uh, so th- that's the that's the first and f- first thing. And I know I experienced that creating my real estate brand after I you know was the youngest VP of a New York City advertising agency, and I made the same mistake that people would make. If they didn't have my background right out of the gate, and that mistake was that I'm not a suit and tie kind of guy. That's just that's just not my personality. I'm a, a jeans and tennis shoes um, and button down but untucked kind of guy. If it's a formal occasion. <laughs> so what I what I did right out of the gate, though, I thought I had to be someone else because I was create. I was going into commercial real estate. I was raising investor money, and um, I ended up putting a picture of. Of myself, it was a formal picture um, that I, or a, for, a formal uh, photographer took it, and it was like me in a tie. And someone who knew me really well, who ended up investing um, over three hundred thousand dollars with me on my first deal, he was like, "What are you doing? That's not who are you? What are you doing?" I was like, "I, you know what? You're right. This isn't me. This isn't me. I have to remain true to who I am." So when you're creating a brand, regardless of if it's real estate or um, any other type of, of venture, you've, you've got to be true to who you are and, and have that on t- authenticity shine through. Um, so how
2: would you describe your brand uh, authentically in real estate? How would you kind of describe beyond what you're wearing in clothes? What is the message that you're getting across authentically that's different? Conversational, approachable, um, and, and
3: straightforward. I, I think that's, that's, that's who I am. I, I I'm just you know I, I talk to anyone. I enjoy learning from people. Um, and when you go to my website, joefairless.com, you'll see that my website's actually modeled after uh, Marie Forleo's website. And if you go to my website, then you go to her website, you'll see the similarities. I modeled after hers and a couple others. I forget the others, but hers stands out. And I wanted the pictures on my website to be fun you know to to be to fit my personality I've got pictures on there of me and my flag football buddies when we won a championship in flag football but I also uh, control 21 million dollars worth of real estate um, so there's it's it's important to be genuine and that's what I portray in the online uh, format as well as you know in any time I'm having a conversation or, or doing the podcast um, I'd say tactically what I learned from working at, an ad, at ad agencies in New York is that the, the number one way to drive business is to generate word-of-mouth referrals. That's it, word-of-mouth referrals. That's the number one way to influence purchase intent. It doesn't matter what your business is. And when you put an emphasis on word-of-mouth referrals, then you're going to do well because if you're getting word of mouth referrals, then you've got raving fans and you're enabling them to spread the message about what you're doing. So then the question becomes, how do you spread the message about what you're doing and enable those raving fans to, to do so? And that just you know, gets very tactical. But one of the ways is, is simply having a, a, a newsletter where you're providing tremendous value and you ask them to forward it along. Or whenever I have my podcast, I ask people to um, get be responsible for doing two five-star ratings, one from you and one from someone you know who would benefit from hearing the show. You know, just including others, um, or including your raving fans, and then having them include others. Those word-of-mouth referrals are going to—it's it's a slow process at first. But once you reach the tipping point, as I, as you've seen, I know through your show, um, you know, and what I've seen through my podcast, you're you're going to then once you reach the p- tipping point, you're then going to just um, spill over and and reach a large audience as a result of that very narrow focus of incremental um, organic growth by by empowering the, your, your customer base with messaging.
2: So this is kind of going viral. So how does, okay, so say that's happening. How does that help you in your real estate business as far as attracting investors or does deals? When you have that viral thing going, how does that help you? Oh, it's all tied together. Uh, the, I, I, you know, we're, we're,
3: I make money through real estate investing, but really it's sales and marketing. Um, and with any business, it's, 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 it's sales and marketing uh, and innovation, I'd say, sales marketing, innovation. Um, how it, and so specifically, how it helps me uh, with my business, is it brings in more investors for my deals. You know, I've raised about 750,000 dollars from people who have first reached out to me and started the relationship after hearing my podcast. Uh, and through uh, my private consulting uh, network of clients, you know, I, I, as we were talking about before, where I help uh, investors learn how to raise money and then go do it and buy apartment communities with other investors, um, that's brought in clients through the podcast. So, you know, it's 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 all ties together, and the key is to make sure that you have the quality of products that will um, align with what, what you're doing. I think that, that's an, another important part because you can, you can be talking uh, and adding tremendous value, but if you don't have something for, for people to act on to, to do more work with you and to partner up with you, then you're, you know, you're kind of built, building something without a, an effect. You're, you're doing the cause, but you don't actually have the effect.
2: So as far as syndicating deals, explain how that works a little bit. You're getting... You, you get the project first, and then you get the people to invest in it. You get the investors first, and then you find a project. How does the whole process work? Sure, I would say to to take one
3: step back really quickly. Syndication is is something that everybody who's listening has likely participated in already. Uh, a syndication, an example of syndication would be flying on an airplane and going to a location, because when you pay for a ticket. To fly on an airline, airline, then you are uh, paying a small amount of money to participate in something larger that you likely couldn't afford if you uh, were doing it on your own, like paying for a private plane. Uh, and then you are all on the airplane going to a location that you um, that you want to go to, so you are accomplishing your objective. Um, so think of think of syndication that way, and from for how syndication works with real estate is is the same thing i buy an apartment community investors put up some of the down payment i put up some of the down payment and we buy it together then we get to our destination which happens to be a financial goal um now tactically how that works is uh i well i'll tell you how it's supposed to work and i'll tell you how i did it the first time which uh, i'll never do, do it again um, how how it's supposed how it's supposed to work is you build your your network and you have relationships and you um, you drive anticipation with your investors, telling them what you're, what you're doing, but then learning and listening to them about what their financial goals are and what equal success for them with previous investments and what equals success for them in current investments and what hasn't worked out and why. What do they like about that? What didn't they like about it? So learning, learning from them um, what, what their goals are. And then you will know um, what their goals are. Then you ask them, if I find something, that meet, find something that meets your financial goals, would you like me to share it with you? And they'll all say yes. You know, of, of course, if I, if I find something that meets your financial goals, you know they they want they want it to be shared with them. Whether they'll invest or not is another story. But they at least want to see it because we've we've talked about what their goals are. And and then I'll go out and I'll continually look for deals. And when I find a deal that meets their financial goals, then I'll share it with them. Um, and then we'll wind up you know closing on the deal. Um, how I did.
2: Yeah. What's the difference between the ideal and what actually happened?
3: Yeah. Well, how I did it the first time when I went from single-family homes to buying a 168 unit in Cincinnati, um, I did not have all the, the investor network built up because I was leaving the advertising. I'd never raised a penny before in my life. I was leaving the advertising industry and I was um, you know learning how the money-raising process worked. Um, so I ended up I ended up coming across this one hundred and sixty eight unit deal where I had to raise over a million dollars, and I thought at the time I could raise maybe two hundred two hundred and fifty thousand dollars so I, I, I but I knew that as the deal grew i could I could grow into it. Um, it was a leap of faith, but i I was able to uh, raise the money, but it was a very uh, i 'll call it a character building process right. uh, where you know i i didn 't know if I was going well i i uh, intellectually didn 't know if I was going to do it, but emotionally I knew I was going to do it um, there's there's a difference there mm-hmm. uh, and, and the i I ended up having all the money raised finally four weeks before we we were supposed to close finally, but then curveball. Two investors decreased their investment in uh, to, to to a total of about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars so then four weeks before it was supposed to close, it got down, and I had to then go out and raise more money um, to to you know to replace that that amount and ended up doing it but that 's not how I recommend doing it. What I recommend again is is raising the money prior on and by the way I, I want to be very uh, specific here because it's important um you're not you're not when, when before you have a deal you're not um telling people about a specific deal that you're going to buy uh the, you are simply talking to them about your business
2: and, and the specific deal comes later yes okay. yes we're talking say, yep we, we do have to take a break uh this is jordan goodman of the money answer show my guest this hour is joe fairless He's a real estate investor, and uh, he teaches about real estate at his podcast, which is called The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever. You can see more about him at his website, joefairless.com. We'll be back after this.
0: Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll free, 866 472 5790. 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day, and we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time.
2: He has a regular, in fact, a daily podcast called The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever. And you can find out more about him and what he offers at joefairless.com. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Thanks a lot, Jordan. So the market for real estate, uh, and rental real estate, has really changed a lot recently in that large institutions, hedge funds, REITs, and so on, have huge amounts of cash. They buy entire neighborhoods, all cash. They don't have to get mortgages. So how could the average individual... Buy a good quality rental real estate, and not pay too much when they're competing with these big institutions that like buy entire neighborhoods at once. Well, it's more challenging,
3: it, that's for sure. I, I'd say the the way in though will be uh, relationships. Real estate is a relationship business, and the uh, the the other the other thing, and I'll get I'll get specific on that in a second. Um, the the other thing would be looking at what. Your goals are and what type of property you're you're buying, Um, because you'll want to know what your business model is compared to the competition's business model. Um, Because you could buy for you know you could buy a distressed property, have a team rehab it, then flip it. Have a you could do buy a distressed property, rehab it, then hold on to it. Um, You could there's all sorts of different strategies you could employ. Um, so that's, that's the second thing. So going back to the first, you know, the team and relationships, you've just got to find the right local team member who wants to grow with you. Uh, and really it's about getting access to the deal because at, well, the large institu- institution might have the buying power to snatch up, as you mentioned, whole neighborhoods. Well, the house that you're looking for might not be part of that package or that type of pack- package. And it's going to be a one-off transaction due to the seller's uh, life circumstance or just how they purchase it or any number of scenarios. So, you know, there, there's always going to be competition. Um, you could, you could say the, you know, the REITs buying large, uh, large neighborhoods, you could replace that with the interest rates are higher or you could replace it with. It's tough to borrow. I mean, there, there's always going to be something. Always some really, challenge. To yeah, re- it, really, it's just a matter of of being solution oriented, knowing that hey, real estate is a good opportunity. So, what type of solutions do I need to put in place to mitigate the risk as well as uh, make my my offers competitive and get the right deals?
2: Do you believe in buying distressed properties? Maybe. Through foreclosure or tax lien sales or something like that, where it's really distressed as a way of buying good quality property cheaply. I, I do believe in it, I have not done it. Uh, I,
3: I believe that that is one of the best ways to achieve wealth the fastest in real estate when you buy something that's ugly and you make it pretty and you, you know you got a team that does the work or you're doing the work. Because you're you're greatly impre- in increasing the value. the m- The ugliest thing I've purchased was a uh, a house in Fort Worth, Texas, for thirty five thousand dollars, and it needed about uh, fifty. Well, it, it, I thought it needed five thousand, and it needed fifteen thousand, which is another story for how I miscalculated on that, and uh, I've learned from that. Uh, and fortunately I got that out of the way before I went into large apartment buildings but um I I haven't personally purchased majorly distressed property but I you know people who do as long as they've got the right system in place and the
2: right team then you know they can do really well yeah now let's talk about around the country there are some markets real estate markets that are extremely hot San Francisco comes to mind or you know places with a lot of foreign money coming in maybe Aspen a lot of places very, very depressed, maybe some inner city places. How do you pick where you want to be buying real estate? Do you go into the hot markets where there's a lot of appreciation? Do you go into the depressed markets? How do you kind of make that choice as to where to go to invest in real estate? Percent job growth.
3: That's, that's the number one thing. You look at what, is, what percent job growth does that area have? Uh, and there, there are a couple things underneath that. The the next would be, what type of industries are dri- driving that job growth, and then how diversified are those industries? Is it just um, you know just automotive, like in the case of Detroit, or does it have more of a, a diverse economy? I I'm from Texas. I lived in New York City the last ten years, and now I've I've lived in Cincinnati for about eight months. Um, one of the reasons why I like Cincinnati is because there are nine Fortune 500 companies headquartered in Cincinnati. I mean, it's it's incredibly diverse uh, economy, from Procter and Gamble to Macy's uh, to a st- AK Steel, you know, a steel company. So there's there's a there's when you have that diversity, you've got a lower risk of the ups and downs. Now, you might not receive the big ups like you do in um, a San Francisco, but you certainly, um, if you're more diversified, you're, you're going to be more flat. Um,
2: and in the case of Cincinnati, it slightly goes up o- over time. So you'd rather have the modest growth that's more sure than the kind of huge ups and huge downs that you might have in a San Francisco or New York. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, All right. So, uh, that's kind of where you buy. So, as far as the average individual, uh, in in addition to investing with you, how would you recommend they kind of get started in the process? Should they start with individual homes, then move to duplexes and fourplexes and move up? Or kind of what would be the path for the individual investor wanting to do what you're doing? Uh, Well,
3: I guess… If there one if I guess I, I want to make sure I understand your question because there would be two different answers. Um, if it's just what should an individual investor do to get started, that's one answer. But if it's what should an investor individual investor do to do what I'm doing, that's a different answer. Which which approach you want me to take?
2: Well, I'm gonna kind of what say they're interested in doing real estate. What path should they take? Okay. To make a successful real estate career, as you you've switched from advertising into real estate. Yep. You started with individual homes. Now you're doing. 168-unit yep. <laughs> apartments, is that something the average individual can do or is it just too hard for most people to figure that out?
3: Yes. Uh, well, it, it takes time, certainly. So here, here's the, the step-by-step process I recommend an investor take uh, if they are aspiring to become a full-time real estate investor but they haven't got started yet. One, read a bunch of books. There's, there are a lot of books out there on real estate investing, and don't just read about single-family homes. Read about storage units. Read about industrial. Read about hotels. Read about apartment buildings. Read about as much as you can within the. Read about note investing. Read about as much as much as you can within the real estate field. So many people get started with. Wholesaling or fixing and flipping simply because they didn't educate themselves on the other dif- other avenues of real estate investing. Um, so that's the first thing: get educated by reading a ton of books. Then, once you read the books, reach out, reach out to the authors. You know, you, you've you've written tons of books, Jordan. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, when your readers reach out to you, I imagine not only is it flattering, but you—if they're asking you a question, you're also going to answer it. And right. how cool is it to, to get answers from people who are who are subject experts on? So who,
2: who are some of your mentors who answered your questions when you get started?
3: Uh, one of them was Peter Harris. He wrote the book Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies. I read the book. I reached out to the author, which which was him. He's a co-author. Uh, another is uh, a, a guy uh, named Glenn Ferguson. You won't find them online, um, but he is a, an incredibly a successful developer in the, the Midwest. Um, so, I, and there, there are others, but I, I want to get through the, the process because I want to make sure I answer your question. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, you read books, then you reach out to the authors, and then you identify what is the best path that you'd like to take um, based on one, what you enjoy, what you think you'll enjoy. And then two, where the market's at and if there's an opportunity to make money um, in, in the market um, where you're at. Uh, so you because you, you, you don't want to just look at it from a, oh, i really like to do this. You also want to look at it from a oh well how are people currently making money doing this right now? Uh, because that's important too. Once you identify once you've educated yourself, reached out to the, the subject experts then identified what you'd enjoy along with there's a market opportunity. Then you can get started in whatever area of real estate that you're interested in.
2: And so one of the things working with you, you have a network. You don't have to start from scratch. What kind of a network do you have amongst the people who have joined your so that they can exchange uh, ideas and uh, deals with, within your network?
3: Well, um, the... The consulting community I have um, is uh, you know a private consulting community, but it, uh, the the network that I've created with my podcast, the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show, um, where I've interviewed you know some some sounds like some uh, some guests that you have, Robert Kiyosaki, Jay Massey, Kathy Fedke, um, interviewed Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. The, the, the listeners from that podcast, they simply email me, info at joefairless.com, uh, info at joefairless.com, and happy to take a look at any deals or
2: answer any questions that you have. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Joe Fairless. He's a real estate investor, podcaster. His podcast is called The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever. Uh, you can also find out more about him at his website, JoeFairless.com. We'll be back after this.
0: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America-
4: What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need, exactly when you need it, so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Joe Fairless. He's the principal at Fairless Investing. Uh, He has a a, a, a podcast called The Best Real Estate uh, Investing Show Ever. Um, You can find out more about him at his website, Fairless.com. JoeFairless.com. JoeFairless.com. Sorry. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Thanks a lot, Jordan. You do this podcast literally every day. Is that correct? Literally, it airs every day. Yes. So you've learned a lot from all kinds of people in the real estate field. So let's go through some of the things you might have learned. So one of the things you you had recently was using uh, dating sites to raise private money. How can you do that? (laughs)
3: Yeah, that actually came from a a meetup that I, I have in Cincinnati, and I heard that in person, and I had to share that with my listeners. Uh, so there's this uh, woman who, you know, we just go we go around the room and we we talk about what we've what we're doing and uh, challenges and success stories. And she said that she's she recently has had a lot of success. Uh, with raising money and we we're like oh that's great and she's a fix and flipper and she said <laughs> she said um, yeah it's it's just come from the most unusual source too and we're like what she said okay Cupid <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, what and she has been uh, on a dating website you know just genuinely wanting to find a you know a partner but the the guy you know one guy that didn't work out from a you know, a relationship standpoint, uh, she then started talking to him about business. And lo and behold, he was um, interested in funding her, um, funding her fix and flips. And he's, he's raised over, or he's uh, lent her over a hundred thousand dollars for her fix and flips. So anecdotal, yeah. Anecdotal stories like that are interesting and certainly keep things fresh. I'd say the main thing I've learned is raising money is the top of the real estate mountain Mm -hmm. because when you have access to unlimited money, then you become a deal magnet. Deals just come out of the woodwork. I suspect I'll get emails from, uh, your wonderful listeners after this or right now on deals that they're working on. And, um, because I, I, I can close on them with the invest, my, my own money and with the investor capital that I've got behind me. And when you become somebody who has access to money and has money, then you are able to pick and choose the best deals uh, because you receive a lot of opportunities. And then, then it's just a matter of you know, knowing what your, what your business plan is and what your criteria are and, and
2: executing on it. So you've had several podcasts about how to kind of survive tough times. One was how you, a person survived bankruptcy and rose from the ashes twice. You seem to have several like that. Kind of. So what is the secret to kind of surviving really tough times and coming back and thriving? Oh, I'd say it all
3: starts with your, your mentality and having an attitude that is conditioned to overcome any type of feedback the world gives us as long as we've got a strong enough reason why. Um, Now, people who are into personal development have heard that before. So I'd say uh, the kind of a valuable uh, piece of information for how I hone my, my mindset is every day, 15 minutes, I do 15 minutes to fulfillment. It's a Tony Robbins thing. Uh first 5 minutes I think of things I'm grateful for. Next 5 minutes I think of things I'm grateful for that haven't happened but I trick my mind into thinking they have happened. So I say thank you for closing on this, you know, 300 unit apartment community even if I haven't closed on it yet. Uh and then feeling the emotions that I would have when it's closed. And then third are incantations where you wire your wire your mind to believe the things that uh, you want it to believe um, so it's it 's really psychology it, there's there's I, I believe life happens for us not to us again got that from Tony Robbins um, and when we become entrepreneurs whether it's real estate or any type of entrepreneurial endeavor it's it's like a, a twenty years compressed into you know a month of of roller coasters, emotional roller coasters. And ultimately, you've got to have faith in yourself and surround yourself with the right team. Um, And you do that through the right psychology as well as having the right strategy and the right team members to uh, delegate and, and help you succeed.
2: You've also had several podcasts on the whole idea of wholesaling. So maybe briefly describe what wholesaling is and what the advantages and disadvantages of doing wholesaling are as a real estate strategy. Sure. Uh, so I, I am not a wholesaler. Just disclaimer real
3: quick. I am not a wholesaler, nor ha- have I ever wholesaled a deal. I have purchased one home from a wholesaler. So um, that being said, I'll tell you uh, based on my experience purchasing as well as interviewing guests who have done it and are currently doing it. Wholesaling is uh, where you find a motivated seller and then you match up that motivated seller with a with a cash buyer and then you make a fee. Um, And the uh, pros of being a wholesaler is that if you're starting in real estate, then you uh, don't really put up any risk whenever you're doing this transaction because you're not actually paying for the property, you're connecting the dots from motivated seller to motivated buyer. Um, so you can get chunks of cash without having your capital
2: up. You don't have to. Have without,
3: cap. yeah, right. without without using much capital. I'm sure you you have got to use money for marketing, etc. But for the actual transaction itself, you don't have to use much. Yes. Um, it depends on the contract, what you negotiate for earnest money, etc. But um, and so, what are rate, the right.
2: difficulties of wholesaling? Because a lot of people will say that's a really easy way to get started and make lots of money. W- what is the downside of wholesaling?
3: Well, the downside would be there's a lot of competition. Uh, as well as, you know, deals don't just pop up and 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 come to your doorstep. You've got to go find them. And a lot of times, you knock on doors. You have to go to their doorstep. You have to have a marketing machine. You've got to do direct mail. And by the way, when you do direct mail, guess what? Everyone else is doing. They're doing direct mail. So you've got to consistently do direct mail. You know, I I've had successful wholesalers. I've interviewed, and they say, "Well, you don't really get the sale from direct mail piece until the fifth time you reach them, and it costs money to reach them five times." So it's it it can it can be a a longer process. Um, and from a marketing standpoint, you if you're choosing to spend money on direct mail, things like that. Um, then it, it will cost money without a return. However, you could also just go door to door and just knock on doors, um, but that takes a lot of time. So you know there's, there's a lot of physical, like actual hours involved when you're starting out wholesaling. Eventually, you can get it to a system. I've interviewed people who have done that. And you can have team members working on your behalf and you're overseeing the, the process. But certainly
2: starting out, it's going to take a lot of time. They make it sound a lot simpler than it actually is, yes. yes. All right, so we're, we're going to be in the closing part here. So just kind of give me a sense overall of who could get into real estate investing, what kind of potential there is if you do it right, based on what you've learned having done it for the last 10 years or so.
3: Well, I'd say anybody can get into real estate. The people who are going to be success, successful are going to be the people who are, going back to one of the things I said earlier, um, who know marketing and continually innovate their strategy because the time to buy is anytime time as long as you are buying the right way and managing it successfully. And you do that th- by staying one step ahead of everybody else. Uh, so you constantly innovate your business model. You take a look at it. I buy apartment communities, but I buy them in different ways depending on the market conditions. So it's important as, as, as someone to get as they're getting started and, and who can do it you constantly innovate as well as you have a marketing and, and sales uh, machine and you're, you're constantly improving that as far as you know the potential well it's limitless um, you, you know it's, I, I think anybody who has read a real estate book or seen a real estate entrepreneur um, uh, and talked to them him or her, then you'll talk to uh, someone who is enjoying the process um, if, they're go- if it's going well. And if it's not going well, then it's likely, it's just a guess, but it's likely because they're self-managing and they don't like the, the whole thing of dealing with tenants, toilets, and termites. Um, so uh, if, if that's the case, if that would be you, which I'm the same way, then have a property management company and have them do it and pay them a fee for doing so.
2: And so how long would it take for somebody who's really serious about wanting to do real estate to be successful at it if they're going to you know, really be concentrating on it? It depends on how they define
3: success. Um, I'd say that you know, if you're – and it depends on where what their foundation is at this point. Um, I, I can tell you that it took me a couple years to save up a down payment. And then another – once I had the money – and I was ready to actually purchase something in, in, October of, no, in January of 2009. I didn't buy until October of 2009. I didn't close. So, yeah, it took me 10 months. Um, yeah. and, and that was – but after that, after that period, I got a house. I still have it. makes a couple hundred bucks a month, and the mortgage is going to be paid off in about 15 years, and then it's going to make about $1,000 a month.
2: So, you know, it's, it's worth the time and effort. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Joe Fairless. Uh, he is the principal at Fairless Investing. Uh, he uh, controls over $21 million worth of real estate that he's bought in the last 10 years or so. Uh, he has a, a, a club uh, that you can join uh, called the Flow Club. You can find out more about his, web, uh, his uh, podcast as well, uh, which is called the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever. And you can find out more about all of what he offers at his website, joefairless.com. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Joe. Thanks a lot, Jordan. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. And we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answers Show next week. Goodbye for now.
1: Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.